We're four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Finding the right books for the first weeks of school. For the first weeks of school, I like to do more read-alouds than anything. Kids start to choose their own books from the classroom library and from the school library media center, if you're lucky enough to have one. But I like to start having them listen to me read, especially with picture books. I love picture books. I love picture books. They're short. They're visually appealing. You can get to the point in one session. They're amazing. And the myth that they're for primary kids is simply that. It's a myth. There's a myth. so much good literature out there for upper elementary and middle school kids that come comes in the form of picture books. It's fabulous. Yep. Absolutely. Everyone loves a good picture book. They do. I love good picture books, too. Yep. Yep. I think it too, it provides a model of what fluent reading looks like for kids and, you know, an expressive model. Um, plus there's just, it's community building, right? It's, there's nothing like a sing along or a good story that everyone can find. You're singing, Tracy. <laughs> I know, I know. Tracy, you haven't sung to us in a while. You're going to need to throw a song in here. It's okay. I'm going to come up with one. Wait, you just wait. <laughs> Have any of you ever had um, your kids like pick out their favorite picture book and have them presented to the class? Yeah, we've yes. done that. Yeah. Yes. Tell us, tell us how that looks in middle school, though. Um, see, I don't do too much with picture books and stuff, but um, you know, we'll we would do book reports all different ways, and you know, sometimes they would present a play or something, and or a video, and that's basically how how I would do it in middle school. Um, yeah, I never used a lot of picture books. I love too the picture books. I mean, there's so many great like math picture books. I'll often mm-hmm. use it to start off a new math unit, or we use them during morning meeting to talk about certain you know themes that we're covering, and they're just so pretty. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they are, yeah. and they often go along with the same theme of a chapter book that you're going to introduce later on for mentor texts, which is another conversation for another time. But, but picture books are a great tie in to longer books to entice kids to maybe want to approach the, the longer book too. So, so it's the beginning of the school year. Let's talk about this. It's the beginning of the school year. So the books that you're choosing to read to your kids are a little different than, than what you're going to choose instructionally down the road. So let's talk about that. What are some of the reasons you choose a specific read-aloud book at the beginning of the year? Well, I would um, use a picture book if I was going to, um, to help a child, especially sixth graders, feel adjusted to school and to feel more comfortable with, with being there 
you know, probably a book about a child that, you know, I hate my first day of school. As a matter of fact, it is bringing memories back because I did do a book like that and the kids loved it. You know, all the, all the, all the things that made them nervous about being back and everything and to realize that they weren't alone. So. And I think too, using a picture book takes it off of the kids Right. So it's not them admitting that they're scared or it's not the kids yes. admitting their fears, but oh, it's the character who is, and everyone can relate to the characters. Yes. They can live vicariously. Yes. Absolutely. And and they can look at the characters and give them advice about what they should have done. Yeah. I especially I found one today that looks absolutely wonderful and I didn't get to read it. I was just looking through some books. And this one is called It's Just So and it's by Brenda, um, uh, I can't read her last name, Fash or something like that. Anyway, it's called It's Just So, and it's about this girl who's about to start school, and she's going to be herself, and, you know, she's just going to be just so sparkly and just so uh, polka dotty and just so everything I would want to be. Yeah, it's going to be exactly you, Brenda. <laughs> it's just so but then she says it's just so scary you know and then everything that happens after that is just so it's either just so exciting or it's just so unsure it just sounds like a fabulous book to start off with Mm -hmm. I tend to choose books that kind of show the traits that I want to communicate are going to be valued in my classroom so a lot of there's a lot of new ones out um, lately that that are about, you know, STEM or STEAM education, creativity, inventiveness, um, mm-hmm. problem solving and cooperation and growth mindset and perseverance. There's so much out there. There are so many good ones. Yes, yes, yes. There are. And so I think that's that's for me what I cho- tend to choose is a, a book that's going to communicate a theme that I think is really important either to build our community or to um, or to communicate something that I value to the students. Those are the same kind of books that I choose very heavily at the beginning of the year and then sprinkled throughout the rest of the year, um, especially about perseverance and growth mindset. All of those, you know, tend to have a character that's a little bit awkward, that doesn't quite fit in, that thinks outside the box, that it's not valued. But then all of a sudden, they usually end up becoming the star because they've solved this problem that nobody else could. And um, like that series of books, Iggy Peck, the architect. Yeah. And Rosie mm-hmm. Revere, engineer. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes. something, Ada Twist, scientist. But they uh-huh. really, the kids love them because they can re- relate to the traits of those characters and then celebrate them for their differences. What do you do with an idea? Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. And what do you do with a problem? Yeah. Ish and the dot. The most magnificent thing. The most magnificent thing. Oh, I love that one too. (laughs) Oh, that's a great one. That's my, my all time favorite. Tracy knows this is a crooked kind of perfect. And the main character in there who who just envisioned this perfect life and she, you know, the perfect way she was going to be realizes that there's no such thing as perfect. Mm-hmm. And the best kind of perfect is a perfect that's a little crooked and lopsided. Mm-hmm. I love oh, that. that one sounds great. And I think that yeah. is like so important because there are always 
a few. I always have a few. Um, and I can spot them a mile away because I was that child where everything had to be perfect. And it, it helps them be more resilient, hey? Eh? It does. Right. We need to build yes. resilience. Absolutely. So that leads us to this next part. We've talked about why. What do we recommend? What are the things that we recommend? What books do you use? And what are some of the fun projects or ideas you do with your kids around those books at the beginning of the year? A wonderful book that I discovered actually was in the baby book section, you know, those board books Mm -hmm. and it's called, I want to say it's called wonderful. Oops. Hmm. Have you, any of you seen that? No, it's a, it's a board book where the whole premise of it is all the mistakes that are made, but then it's turned into like the mistake is turned into something wonderful. So, you know, kind of like that. um, I don't know, like, like that spilt milk. It looked like spilt milk book. Where it just looks uh-huh. like a cloud, but then you turn it and it turns into an object or something. So this book is the same. It just shows them how your mistakes aren't a mistake. It's a whole, um, a whole other experience for a new idea, and it can give, it can bring, you can brainstorm different things from it. And the kids love it. It's so uh-huh. silly. It's a little tiny baby book, but they want to read it over and over again. I love it. Talk about a growth mindset right there. It is. You know, yep. That's awesome. That's great. Another one I discovered recently to help kids deal in the, you know, in this age of everybody's perfect and everything you did was wonderful and, and, you know, you can't get it, take negative feedback. There's a book called thanks for the feedback, I think. And it's by Julia cook. And in, in the book, a young man in, in, um, I assume upper elementary learns to accept feedback. That's not only wonderful, but construct. I don't know that one. Well. I'm gonna have to look that up. I didn't know it either. Just ran into it recently. So it looks like a there's good one. one that I discovered um, a couple of years ago. And I actually do a project with my kids with it. It's called Imagine by Bart Vivian. And it starts out if you can imagine things aren't quite what they seem, and dream of possibilities that only you can dream of, then anything can happen. And so it takes the child through these everyday mundane things that are shown in black and white. And then it shows them in full technicolor um, of what it could be with. Oh, fun. Wow. And so we do, um, I do a whole photography thing with them and we do these thought bubbles and they think about, okay, the black and whiteness of fifth grade and, and, and how they think, you know, how, how it's viewed by most people. And then in their wildest imagination, what could fifth grade be like? Um, fun. fun, fun to oh, do. And the black and white in color that makes it what so visual. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you guys remember the important book? Do you remember that? Yes. The what? The important oh, book. I use that love for everything. That. I love My that book. Brown, older than dirt, this book, but it is still fabulous. It is. Right. All right. her books are wonderful. Like my kids grew up on them. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think, what was it that, um, I love the, the way the text is set up in a pattern and it's a great first, uh, couple weeks of writing with the kids. 
the important thing about a spoon is that you eat with it. It's a little like a shovel. You hold it in your mouth. You can put it in your mouth. It isn't flat. It's hollow and it spoons things up. But the important thing about a spoon is that you eat with it. And yeah, then, it's so rhythmic. It's a great pattern. It is. And then I it ask is. them, okay, so what's the important thing about you? Well, the important thing about me is my hand. It has five fingers that bend and sit on the piano keyboard and play. You, you know what I'm saying? And so yes. they, they, they choose a point of body part that's important about them. And they let the body part tell the story of why they're special. Oh, and, I love that. And I, do you I also take it. pictures of that body yeah. part? I've seen teachers do that. I love it. Yeah. We do. And then it's black and white and then they write their poem underneath. So that, those are my big go-to's. I love those. I love that. Have you all read the book, The Girl Who Never Made Mistakes by Mark Pett? Yes. And it's, it's exactly what you were talking about, Tracy, as you a perfectionist. It's about a girl who never, ever makes mistakes. So everyone expects her never to make a mistake. And then one day as she's like juggling or something for a talent show, she drops her objects and then everyone gasps. But instead of falling apart, she starts to laugh. And starts to learn, like, it's okay to make mistakes and, you know, not take yourself so seriously. Right. And we've lost Deanne out here in elementary <laughs> land. Well, you know, I was just thinking that I, you know, working with middle school, that, you know, their problems, their issues are different. But I've, um, you know, read some things. Island of the Blue Dolphins. Oh, ever heard love that. that. One? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's that the young girl, Karana, that, you know, has to fend for herself for like 18 years. She never gives up. You know, she's able to forgive what happened. And I try to teach that to the kids, too. You know, things are going to happen and you can't hold a grudge. You have to get over it and you have to continue to live. Yeah. And her resourcefulness is amazing in that book. It is. It's a little like Hatchet for older kids and for girls. It's a fabulous book. Yes. There's another fun one. Yeah, Jerry Spinelli. I love that one too. Yeah, that's a great one. They love that one. Okay, so let's do a fast round robin. When um, it comes to you, you need to choose just one favorite for your listeners. One favorite that you cannot miss at the beginning of the year. One favorite. Well, if I have to choose a favorite, I have three here, but I'm just going to say one. So I'm going to go with Each Kindness oh, I was going to say the same thing, for several reasons. Oh, no. Of course you we were because we think so much alike. Um, when, when I first found this book and I, and I went through it, the main character, Chloe, reminds me so much of the author because I've seen some younger pictures of her. And the way the book is written, I always wondered if maybe this was an episode from her childhood. It never says it anywhere in any review that that's true. But I suspect that and I always share my suspicions with my class. So Chloe is is a girl in elementary school who has lots of friends and she's pretty settled in and a new girl Maya shows up. And um, Maya 
doesn't have what the other people have in the class. She may even be homeless. She's wearing hand-me-down clothes and things that don't match. And she's, you know, kind of quiet and shy, but she's trying to be friends with Chloe Mm. and Chloe rejects her. And Chloe learns a hard lesson in the book. Um, And it's, and as we said before, it's so much easier to discuss Chloe and how you have a choice when you meet a new friend, whether to be kind or not, um, than to discuss yourself and what you may have done. Sounds fabulous. So it's sad. It's kind of hard not to cry too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's hard to get through without crying. You have to breathe through it. Yeah, it is. It's a wonderful, beautiful, beautiful illustration. Dan, how about you? Um, well, my kids loved the book. Oh, my Side I, of the I love that one too. Um, <laughs> I, I love that one too. Yep. It's, you know, just to see how this kid, Sam perseveres in the, in the woods and the wilderness and, you know, lighting a fire and then he gets a falcon and, you know, Bree doesn't breed it, but takes care of it. And the falcon starts uh, getting food for himself and the falcon. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. And, um, it just amazes me, you know, some of the foods that he makes out of acorns and all these things. And I'm like, yuck, but it sounds good. Actually. Yeah. And how and he's so, so smart too and, and kid, resourceful. Like, how did he know to do all of that? Yeah. I know. I feel like, <laughs> hamana, hamana, hamana. <laughs> Kathy, what's your choice? Another book that I love. Um, we've talked a lot about like, different growth mindset books, but the book Bully by Patricia Polacco. Yeah. I love all her books, first of all, but it's yes. just it just brings up such great conversations about the effects of how we treat people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all of her illustrations, her uh, characters have so much of the emotion right there. They're over overemphasized on their faces. Yes. So it just leads to so many great discussions and, um, you know, how we want to be treated and how we want to treat others. Well, doesn't she touch on yep. cyberbullying in there too? Is that the, same yeah. book I'm thinking of. Yeah. It's so funny because so our important. listeners might, might not believe this, but we, none of us talked about the specific books with each other until this podcast. Right. And I think. <laughs> you could believe it. But no, we the same, same thing. Okay. So my pick, <laughs> and sometimes I like finding these books that kids would never pick up because they're so old. Yes. They're classics. So The Hundred mm-hmm. Dresses by Eleanor. Yes. That reminded me so much of oh. Each Kindness. Yes. And it's like very Kindness honor- is a newer version. Yeah. It has never been out of print. And yeah. it was published in 1945. And it's the story of this, this girl who comes. She wears the same dress every day. Um, and it's threadbare. But she tells the girls in her class that she has a hundred dresses at home and no one believes her and they mock her. They laugh her at her. They exclude her. They're very, very mean. And then there comes a time when the girl leaves. She, she leaves the school for whatever reason. Right. Her family uh, just disappears. And then, and, and no one knows where they've gone, but they had had this contest about designing a dress or something. And she sent in, um, uh, her her pictures of 100 dresses that she had designed. And the, the girls learn, they learn, uh, the one character, Maddie, vows that she will never behave that way again. 
um, because she missed out on such an, a fantastic opportunity to know this person, but could not get past the appearance and um, her poverty. It's such a great book. It is. It's sad too. <laughs> it is. It is. But you know what? It, it, you know, when you teach fourth and fifth grade girls, sometimes it's really necessary. It's, it's absolutely necessary. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Sixth grade, too. Uh. Get me Be, speaking of dusty old books, if I could just mention one really old one, now you're making me think of it, is The All New uh -huh. Jonah Twist by Natalie Honeycutt. You can Ooh. get it for 10 cents on Amazon now. Um, <laughs> that's how old it is. But but Jonah is like ready to have a perfect year. And he says, you know, at the beginning, if having a dozen sh perfectly sharpened pencils and a brand new backpack and a beautiful plaid shirt and brand new sneakers mean anything, then Jonah Twist was going to have the best year ever. Wow. And that really doesn't. Oh, mean I don't know that one. I'll have to look that up for 10 cents. <laughs> it's a it's another great one to read to read yep. at the beginning. And you got a dime, well, right? Friends. We are out of time tonight. Once again, it's we could go on forever. Especially talking about books. What you if you liked what you heard books. here, please join us next week. We'll be discussing relationship building 101. Sounds like match.com, doesn't it? You'll have to tune in and find out. But if you want more before that, be sure to check out our blog links and the pro program notes. Be sure to follow us on iTunes and Google Play and share us with your teaching friends. Or if we really annoy you, share us with your teaching enemies. We're not choosy. Have a great week.